welcome to Board Game Binge. The place where we bring you bite-sized, bingeable board game content from across the industry. I'm your host, James Staley, and in this episode, we're chatting with Mike Dunn, tabletop editor-in-chief at GameTrend.com. Mike has recently kicked off a movement in the industry toward a standardized code of ethics for media across the board gaming industry. Mike, welcome to The Binge. How you doing? I'm doing good, James. How are you doing? Oh, I am doing great. This uh, this topic has got me really, really excited. Uh, we got a chance to talk recently at Origins where we are able to connect. As soon as I saw your card, I'm like, dude, we got to get you on this podcast stat. This has uh, got to be just, I think, the most timely time <laughs> to go through an interview like this. Um, before we get into the code of ethics, and we're going to go dive real deep on that in a second, I really want people to get a chance to kind of understand your background, kind of where you're coming from, because I think it informs why you're kind of coming at this from the angle that you're coming at. So when we start off with, how are you involved in the board game industry to begin with? Yeah, well, I mean, besides having uh, played board games since I was a wee lad, um, I I've also been a part of a site uh, for the last 20 years called Gaming Trend. Yeah. And um, I've, I've only been the editor-in-chief of Tabletop for Gaming Trend for the last five years, but I have worked on the video game side for much of that time. And uh, what really kind of informed me thinking about ethics in tabletop media and how we can uh, be more proactive and, uh, and you know, in, in light of of you know several s situations that have arisen over the last few years um we had something similar happen about a decade ago on the video game side really? and uh and so i've been seeing a lot of the same patterns mm -hmm. um not just in terms of ethics and like how people are creating content around tabletop games but in terms of how the market is going and the media and, the, and how the media is maturing with it. Um, but uh, things went really kind of south really bad uh, when that happened on the video game side. And uh, I'm, I'm kind of trying to just get proactive about it and hopefully stir us away from that. Something so, similar happening. And I find that interesting because when you, when you, look at the video game industry and how it kind of was in the in the 90s right when it started exploding mm -hmm. very very uh similar like it's almost parallel path now we're seeing obviously in the tabletop yes. industry where there are thousands of games coming out every year uh this hobby's exploded if you've been at uh origins or gen con or essen um you can see that there is a massive massive industry around this hobby and um when you have, but it's still in its infancy stage, right? It's, it's, right. it's still young. And when that, when you have something that young, people are trying to just figure it out. Right. And, and often mm -hmm. when people are trying to figure things out, um, you know, events and things can happen that maybe are not malicious, right. Or just misunderstandings and so forth. Um, mm -hmm. and sometimes they, they can be right. They, they can uh, have some bad players and bad apples, and so is there anything in the gaming, the video gaming industry specifically that you can reflect back on that was a key moment um, that, that happened where the industry as a whole kind of had said, well, let's, let, we got to pause here. This is, this is, this is serious. Well, yeah, it was, it was specifically about ethics in, mm -hmm. in video game media. Um, they, they dubbed it journalism. I think journalism 
is a much broader term that has, uh, you know, some baggage. Um, people think of uh, advocacy journalism uh, as being all journalism, for instance, yeah. right? Whereas we're more like enthusiast media. We're we're really excited about games, and we want to write and make videos and talk about them all the time. Um, but uh, it, it was also just about you know the connections that reviewers uh in, in the on the video game side had with publishers mm. uh there were there were situations like a uh, prominent video game uh reviewer got fired from his position at a prominent um outlet uh because that outlet also had a uh, uh an advertising agreement with the company that came out with the game that he was not kind to mm. um for for valid reasons it was not a good game um it was i think it was Kanan lynch uh and the individual was uh um oh i can't remember his name he went on to form giant giant bomb which was another it became big on its own right right but yeah um but yeah basically it's it, it's a it really boiled down to our readers and uh and watchers losing faith in the validity of the content we were creating um you know the word shill was thrown about quite a bit um you know people constantly told us that we were paid for the 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 opinion and it was it was just ugly it was ugly and then it got like ugly in a very i don't know if you've heard of gamergate but that's basically no i haven't do tell yeah (laughs) oh god um that was basically it was it was just it was a it was a bad time i i i I could waste probably an hour mm-hmm. <laughs> talking about it, and we'd both be like, "Man, I wish I had that hour back <laughs> what I think um, is interesting what you're saying is is back then um the controversy from what I understand it was more around um a company you know relieving one of their 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 employees because they had an opinion that that went against the advertising contract they had with with that client and that was just one of the that's one example that led right? to it yeah where right. in the tabletop industry and and we can get into a little bit deeper i think without naming names or companies but certainly there's been a lot that's kind of popped up recently and there's been some pretty major um, discussions that have happened in this industry where mm-hmm. um, there's been accusations flying around and, you know, regardless of what side you're on, whether some of these are misunderstandings or, or whatever is still, I think brought to the surface that, you know, there it's, 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 start, it was, it's getting a bit loose, I guess. Right. And yeah. I think what the balance has to be is he, I think no one should ever be, uh, apologetic about trying to make a living, right? Right. And so, from right. that perspective, and I know some of the content creators over there that there's been some, um, you, you know, some some discussion around. <laughs> mm-hmm. Say it that way. Um, yeah. At the end of the day, that's how they're making their living, right? So you can't right. fault somebody for saying, "I'm making a living." Of course, I'm going to ask for. Some sort of, I'm going to charge for services, for instance, right? And and th- and so I think getting kind of through the weeds here, right? Because you have some people jump on the yeah. fence saying these people should just be giving these opinions and and not you know and or 
I don't even want to use the word opinions, but they should be creating this content without any kind of expectation of remuneration. And I, I think that's that's not a fair stance because I think that right. you know people need to make a living, and you know if they're putting time into something that adds value to people, then sure that there there should be value in that for them. Otherwise, they should be off working somewhere else, right? Um, right. And so they're putting their time into that, and I think that's fair. I think where a lot of the gray area is is getting is around um tactics on on how mm-hmm. uh how some people are um soliciting jobs uh with companies i think that uh the one that we're probably thinking of that we're not going to mention the people um was one of the first times i saw a company kind of stand up and do a timeout right and and, and right. go on record and say hey we don't like what just went down here's our view as to what went down right from right. our perspective. And you're going to hear from the other person's perspective, but this is what went down on our side and we didn't like it. Right. And we felt right. um, a little bit, I know words like blackmail are thrown around and uh, it's probably more extortion than blackmail. But um, yeah. I mean, if, if that was, if, if it wasn't a misunderstanding, then that's kind of where the, the tonality was there. And for, for someone like myself reading through this, a lot of my colleagues reading through all of this and it was like, uh, it was, it, it, it was all message boards, right. Obviously for, for like right. a week straight. And, oh, yeah. um, you know, a lot of people weighed in on it. And for me, I kind of looked at it from more of a surface level saying, okay, forget the details of what's going on here between these, you know, the, the content creator and the company. Mm-hmm. What I find amazing is the company decided that it was less impact on them to stand up and say, we're, we're going to vocalize this situation. Cause right. that doesn't really happen a lot. Right. So no, I mean, I'm a no. content creator, but I'm also a, I'm sorry to the listeners if it sounds like we're speaking in code, but I'm trying not to <laughs> say company names and content creators. Cause we're not here to call people out. We're here really to talk right. more at a higher level as to the, you know, the environment as a whole right well and that's and that's the thing right like yeah. uh, when when i thought of the uh the idea of coming up with this code yeah. it wasn't because i wanted to wag my finger at anyone right yeah. like i'm not going i don't want to tell anyone how to create their content yeah. but we we do we have a baseline problem of not everybody is agreeing on the same terminology and that's that's where a lot of this is rooted like what is a what is a review what is a preview and then when you add to that disclosures, like what should, yeah. if I have a relationship with a publisher, the people who gave me this game or they're paying, they're sponsoring my channel this month. Like we have to have proper disclosures. Like in some countries uh, that is a legal requirement. Yeah. Right. You're it's right. a little looser in the U S yeah. but it's a legal requirement in other places. And I believe actually, I believe well, actually, yeah. Yeah, I believe the FTC just tightened the screws on that just a little bit in the last few days, yeah. uh, which is something that's uh, in my in my to read list to to see how I can incorporate some of that into the code. But it's this is about getting a conversation. Like yeah. we, I'm I think if we can police ourselves and give not only our readers and viewers um, a a uh, a bit of trust like we can we can get get their trust back but also the trust back of designers and publishers um 
like there, there's a breakdown of trust that has happened as a result of a few isolated incidences, but they're kind of being viewed as widespread. Personally, I don't think they're as wise, widespread as some people think. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people are probably already adhering to some of what I have in the code of ethics uh, mm-hmm. in the, in this prototype form. But um, it, it's, it's that perception that we have to, to also come combat because it affects all of us. Yeah. And I, I think it's not even just the media. I think it's the publishers right. as well. Right. And right, I right. think they need to Absolutely. wait. I mean, I'm a publisher, right? So I'm a content yeah. creator, obviously with the podcast, but I'm also a, a publisher with Tin Robot Games. And so I'm constantly kind of weighing both sides of it, right? And, and and so where I was going with that earlier point was that what surprised me is when a when a manufacturer stands or a publisher stands up and says, "Wait a second, enough is enough. I uh, I'm taking a stand here." And that is very risky because you can have a yeah. huge amount of blowback from something like that. Like that could have went very differently for them. And that is the fear, quite frankly, of, of publishers, right. Of, um, and you and I were talking off air just quickly about this, where, you know, I have a list of everyone that's ever done, uh, you know, a review or preview of, of any of my games. Right. And every time we do a Kickstarter campaign, we'll send out like, but 50 copies, right? You have to say, hey, you know, we're looking for people to review this. And if people want to classify this as a preview, that's fine too. And some people say, yeah, I'll take it and review it. And I count on the fact that probably 10% of those are not going to go in my favor. That's just the reality of, of right. board games. That's fine. But I keep a very silent list of if there's any bad players I've encountered along the way. And there's been a there's been a handful, not even a handful, there's been a couple, a few maybe. Um, I, I make sure I, I document that, that, you know, very specifically. So that when I go to do that again, or if I have a colleague in the industry saying to me, Hey, um, you know, I'm, I'm about to send out some game system reviewers. Do you have anybody you recommend? I say, yeah, here's who I send it to. And these are the kind of games that they look for. So just, you know, they're going to be, they're going to be straight. Right. So you're going to get what you get. Right. Here's right. three you may want to avoid because I had a real bad experience with them and, and I'll never send them a game again. And, but as a, as a, as a publisher, I would never, I would never broadcast that. I would never out, right. so to speak, a, uh, uh, like a reviewer or a content creator because of the fear of the blowback on your brand. Right. So you right. kind of walk on eggshells, right. So to speak, because you, you, you mm-hmm. don't want to keep everybody just kind of cool and, you know, and hopefully, you know, and I see it very symbiotic and, and, and I'm hoping that if anything comes out of this. Uh, is that the industry, both publishers and content creators, start seeing this as a symbiotic relationship, right? That Absolutely. The content creators don't exist without the, without things to do content on, and the the publishers, quite frankly, need the content creators to help them get the their media. You know, Seppi Yoon, we just had on the podcast uh, recently, and he he had a cool term he used. He said um, the media wall. Right. So he says, you know, getting your, the, making the game is not the hard part. The hard part is getting through the media wall. And that wall is getting a lot wider now. Oh, yeah. right? We're seeing yeah. dozens of people uh, every month jumping in the game saying, hey, I can create content too. You know, I've got an iPhone. The iPhone before, you know, 10 years ago, you need to have specialized equipment. Now, literally anybody with a phone can, can create content. And in some cases, some pretty decent content with just, uh, you know, with a phone. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the more those people that are jumping into this industry, I think 
the more something like your code of ethics is important, right? Because you have people who maybe are just jumping in quick, maybe don't have the history or trying to navigate it and having some kind of guiding principles to help them, I think brings more integrity to, uh, to, you know, to, to the industry as a whole. Um, what I would love to do if, if you're cool with this is, um, can we go through some of your code of ethics? Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. I would love, especially for people who, uh, you know, are listening to the podcast who maybe are not familiar with some of the terminology, but I love it if we could jump straight down to, and I'm showing it here on my screen for those who are watching. When we talk about paid and unpaid content and then specifically Mm -hmm. around like previews versus reviews versus impressions versus interviews, because I think those terms get pretty muddy quite frankly, absolutely are, are using them. And uh, it'd be great if, if you can add some kind of commentary to that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, this is actually one of the, probably the most disputed and kind of uh, talked about sections of the code so yeah. far. Uh, mind you, I've mostly been speaking with people uh, at origins. I just went live with this right before origins mm-hmm. and um I've been kind of head head down on coverage, origins coverage for for my site since then. But um, I'm I, I did. Well, I'll talk about that in a minute. But yeah, let's talk about paid and unpaid content. Um, and just a caveat: this is this is a version of the document that I only I have written with yeah. based on feedback. Uh, I'm praying um, like. This isn't going to work if I'm the only voice in this document. So um, I'm going to be, I, I, I need to, to get more people involved. And that's, that's part of the reason why I'm here talking with you, James. Sure. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, what it really boils down to, and I think I've even um, had some thoughts about that since this version went up, was um, really probably one of the most defining differences between paid and unpaid content uh the consensus that i'm hearing from a lot of people is that unpaid content is fine to include your personal opinion obviously the the highest point of that is a review like a critical uh review um but that includes peppering in a lot of kind of editorial uh, thoughts into an impressions piece uh, or a preview piece, right? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas a paid content, um, it needs to be fairly dispassionate. Or in some, some people are arguing for completely dispassionate, like nothing but the facts. This is what this is. This is what it looks like. Um, I think. I think what we're really, what I'm really kind of trying to, to, I'm, I'm coming around to is, I'm not sure where this is going to land yet. Uh, yeah. I, it's, I feel like we have our spectrum, um, but what makes sense um, in terms of a review, and I, and I also don't, I also want to make sure that I'm not kind of stepping on anyone's uh you know attempt at having their own voice like you can be you can do things differently than the way we do them at gaming trend and still be ethical um you just don't do them the same way we do we take a more uh critical uh eye on uh, with our reviews rather than an enthusiast eye 
Uh, yeah. Actually, are you familiar with the? Uh, I think it's Jason Perez. He has he does a has a channel called Shelf Stories. Um, no, he he uh, he recently brought up this uh, concept of uh, an enthusiast reviewer, mm. and that is uh, someone who is uh, less critical and is more enthusiastic. Um, I think I think it's a good idea, but. I'm still trying to, to figure out where that fits into this. So uh, there's a lot of discussion happening. Um, so and f- for like an impression, so impressions are right. Consistent of opinion based on, I guess the content uh, on brief exposure, I guess. Right. So if I yeah. was to give an example, it'd be a hunger gamer is a good example of this. Um, right. So he does uh, his kind of first impressions. Right. And and he actually labels it like that because he says, "Look, I played this game once, so it's it's tough right. for me to really give this a a review." But I can give you my first impression. This is this is my impression of, of the game the first time I saw it. Um, interviews, um, I guess. Where does the interview fall for you in terms of paid or un or unpaid? So, um, I feel like interview interviews are are kind of a different creature. Um, because you're, you're either like face to face with them and it's kind of live in the moment, or, you know, you might be doing it, uh, via an email chain where you're asking questions back and forth. Um, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not really sure. I think, uh, I I think it it could be paid as long as it was disclosed, Mm -hmm. um, because I think it's very obvious, like you're creating a very obvious kind of like uh, back and forth. Um, yeah. And and I don't see how opinions, like certainly the person you're interviewing is going to have opinions in it, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, I feel like I feel like that that could probably be paid content. Uh, it would probably be part of like a larger kind of campaign situation. Uh, if it was paid content, I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure there's a market for paid interviews uh, yeah. uh, amongst publishers or designers. Um, I would think they would probably be more likely unpaid than not. Sure. Um, and then, so in in just for the audience, so a preview is almost always paid. I think, yeah. Um. So, uh, actually, most of our previews, I'll all of our previews are unpaid um, Mm. right now Um, just because uh, that's just how we've done it for 20 years. We've, we've toyed around with the idea uh, at gaming trend of, um, of doing uh, some kind of paid uh, content stuff with publishers. Uh, We kind of put that on hold. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And, um, and I'm pretty much, I've I've already decided at least on the tabletop side, we're not going to do it until I have, a proper v1 of this document in place mm-hmm. uh, so that we can adhere to it um but uh, uh previews can be paid or unpaid uh, i think a lot of what people are seeing like on youtube are paid previews or on kickstarter pages quite frankly right 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 especially kickstarter pages actually yeah you're you're, you're absolutely correct um so um yeah, that's that's something that that is going to get hashed out. Like uh, I've had, I've had 
multiple people tell me, oh, there can't be any, there can't be any opinion in a paid preview. It's just this is the game. These are what what it looks like. This is the rules, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I, I I don't think that's realistic. Uh, I think I yeah, think and if, I think I, especially as as an enthusiast media. Um, as I like to call us, uh, we're enthusiastic about things. So yeah, that it's tough not to add show. that commentary, right? So if I look at like right. our family plays games, for instance, and and I've I've done a paid preview with them on one of my prior campaigns. I think it was Nutty Squirrels of the Oakwood Forest, and you know, I mean, they did a great job, right? And in that preview, mm-hmm. is they usually do a good overview of the game, and and their goal is to present the game kind of how the publishers is intending it is the way I kind of look at it as previews, right? This is kind of right. what, so the eyes can get a good overview of what this game is about. Um, and, and I, they, they do two things, which I really like. One is they'll say, they'll usually add in thoughts. Here's something I actually really liked. I mean, it's tough right. not to get giddy about something when you have it in front yeah. of you. Right. Uh, right, so, right. I, but they always finish with, these are our opinions. Um, mm. This is something you need to decide for yourself go do your research and uh, and decide for yourself whether this is something that interests you or not. So they got a disclaimer at the end. And I, I'm seeing yeah. a lot of, um, uh, you know, uh, We Game Together is another, another good example of this where they'll, mm-hmm. at the beginning they'll say, just a reminder, this is a paid preview. Um, this is maybe not the final game you're going to see. They'll go through how to play the game and it's very much on book with what, you know, the, the instruction booklet was they'll usually throw a couple thoughts in at the end of things that they thought were kind of interesting themselves, like personally, just from right. observation. But then again, they'll say, again, don't take our word for it. If there's something interesting, you, make sure you go and do your research. So I think if previews, my opinion is as long as, long as you're putting those disclaimers kind of on the front end and the back end, I think they're probably in good, good shape. Right. The one for me that becomes more gray. And then for me, for a lot of people, quite frankly, is the reviews, right? Because in my right. opinion, a review is never paid period. Yes, I agree. I agree. So Um, let me ask you this. So here, here, here's the caveat, right? I send a copy of a game to a reviewer to review. mm -hmm. They didn't pay for it. They didn't buy it. I sent them a copy. So I said, would you like to review the game? They said, yes, we'll review it. I send them a copy of the game. That's technically a financial transaction, right? Because they're getting the 50 to $100 game. And once you include shipping and so forth. Uh, that they're going to have in many cases, it's cheaper just to let them keep it than to try to yeah. pay to ship it to somewhere else. Is that a paid review? Because they've technically got something, right? And I think this is where the gray is, right? So I, I actually, um, I have a very uh, strong opinion about that because mostly because I come from the video game side. Uh, yeah. That's I've got history there, uh, and 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 that that kind of pattern has been established in that enthusiast enthusiast media pretty strong um i think it's all there's other like you know tech enthusiast sites that sort of thing that also kind of have figured this out had this mm-hmm. figured out for a while um i think it boils down to disclosure we have we have a blanket disclosure on our site that says unless otherwise stated the product in this review was provided for the purposes of review um yeah. and uh i think disclosure is important uh, I think it's it's it it's it's kind of a catch twenty two, right? Like a lot of us in this uh, in this field don't have a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, 
and most and, and and for most of us it's going towards video equipment right yeah. um, <laughs> uh lights that sort of thing um and uh if we didn't have access it's 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 you're giving us access to something so that we can then be critical of it um there will always be like that one little strand of yes we got something for this review kind mm. of but there's also the caveat to that that uh at least on our site uh both on the video game and tabletop side um a lot of the games that we review just aren't really something that we would want to keep you know just to put it uh politely <laughs> yeah. um uh generally when we when we have uh, games that are uh when my writers don't want to keep the games that they've reviewed um, we have a few outlets, like we've been working with a charity uh, hmm. to uh, provide a charity that provides schools with board games uh, for educational purposes. Uh, I've got a board game uh, club that I belong to here. Twice a year, we do a uh, big kind of raffle and all the money goes towards uh, child's play, uh, children's hospitals uh, up in yeah. Denver because I'm, I'm in Colorado Springs. Um, so we kind of like, you know, pay off some of that there but yeah we do keep some games and we love getting games it's 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 kind of hard it, it's kind of hard to review a game if you don't have <laughs> yeah um and it's not the I same think, putting on tabletop simulator either right like it's right it's not it's not yeah. because part of the reason why i switched to a tabletop after doing years of video games is because I kind of got burned out on video games and I wanted that tactile feeling. Right. Yeah. So like when people tell me, Hey, you can try it out on tabletop simulator. I'm like, I'll see if one of my writers want to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's um, true. I, I play testing. I hate play. I mean, I do it obviously right. a lot. Um, but uh, there's nothing like having people around a table and that human interaction in the social aspect that comes into the game. Right. And, uh, right. it could be what the person was doing on the weekend. Right. And, and talking right. or, or somebody having a, having a drink while they're, they're, you know, telling a silly story while they're playing a game. All these are part of the experience. Right. And mm. hopefully you've got a game that kind of pulls that out of people and, uh, and, and, and gets them to experience something together. Um, yeah, absolutely. So where, where does this go from here? Like what's the next step for this initiative? And then how do you, I mean, you can't really police it, right? So it's more, how do you right. get, uh, I guess, mass adoption of these principles? So uh, the first thing we need to do is we need to come up with a proper version one. And the only way we're going to do that is if we get a lot of people talking about it and a lot of people kind of contributing. And uh, when I started uh, showing I started telling people about the idea at Origins. I realized that I needed to create a place to help facilitate that conversation. Yeah. And so to that end, to today, literally after I get off with you, I'm sending out to everybody that has already signed up um, the link, an invite to the new, new Discord server that I've created oh, sweet. Um, for this purpose. And uh and if you want to, I think I need to gate that because I'm, I, I need, I need, I kind of need it to be uh, media and publishers and designers and, and basically just 
not not quite the viewers yet because yeah. I feel like we need to we need to come up with something before we can come to them and say here this is what we're thinking what do you think uh, I want their input but we're not ready for that input yet but I think uh, just creating a place uh, that we can all talk is is the first step and so that's that's what I'm launching today and if you want to get on that uh, just go to etme.org and uh, so, uh, just hit subscribe and you'll be part of what uh, you'll basically be signing up for to be part of the initiative and and to help us figure out how to make this better and more fun for everybody. So I'm going to spell that for people. Uh, so it's dot <laughs> org. I have a link in the show notes as well where people can go there and check it out. Uh, I applaud you on this. This is, uh, it's cool to see somebody take an initiative like this, right? Like you didn't have to do this. Right. right. You did it because you I said mean, there's God, a vacuum and I need, I'm going to fill it. Right. God knows I, I've got enough on my plate already, but <laughs> I, I, I just, I, I can't ignore it. I gotta, I gotta yeah. try to do something right. And you know, maybe someone else comes up with something better. I don't know. Uh, I've gotten a lot of good feedback though. So yeah, it's been great. And I, I think the key is that you, the best way to get started is to get started right? Yeah. Someone has to take yep. that first step and you've taken the first step. So yep. hopefully there's many more steps behind this one uh, across the industry. But uh, again, I applaud you, sir, for, you know, taking that first step and uh, someone had to do it and uh, it might as well have been you, right? Thanks, James. I appreciate that. Yeah, no worries, my friend. And if anybody wants to talk to me about this at Gen Con, I'll be at Gen Con later uh, at the beginning of next month as well. So happy to talk. Are you going to be in a booth or are you going to be walking? Uh, I'll be walking around, but um, if you're, if you join the discord, uh, I'll be happy to meet up. No, perfect. All right. So Mike will be at the uh, Gen Con, check him out and uh, hopefully continue the conversation on. Awesome. Thanks, James. Take care, Mike. Cheers. This has been an episode of the Board Game Binge Podcast, hosted by James Staley, produced by James Staley and Mike Bruner, with original music by Nick Smith. If you'd like to watch these interviews live, simply subscribe to our YouTube channel, Board Game Binge, and you'll get access to live interviews, giveaways, and interesting board game content from across the industry. I can't wait for you to join us. See you next time. Thank you.